tell anybody where we live or oh no know. we won't oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no 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 that's no. our secret Okay. People at home are looking at this going, what the hell are they talking about? You'll never know. Okay. See you in a minute. Okay. It's National Book Day. Indeed, it's National Book Day. And what better two people to have than my favorite mistress of the macabre and this dashingly <laughs> handsome Fabio lookalike. <laughs> He's Welcome to What's the Buzz podcast, everyone. It's a fantastic Tuesday. Great day today for Ben. It's been a hell of a day. I got to tell you. Yes, it has. It's been a really good day. <laughs> Even Amelia had a great day. We talked about that on camera. No. Oh, man. Well, today is National Book Day, and we are joined by the best of the best. Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross have joined us again. These are two people that didn't do podcasts. Well, unless it was their own. Right. Um, but you'd be hard pressed to find them on too many others. But they like us. They like <laughs> us a lot. So I brought them back. Um, and, and plus, you know, that and a lot of prodding from Amelia, you know, goes along with <laughs> I just said please. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. So how are you guys doing? Good. 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 Hot, sweaty. Hot, sweaty, busy. Mm-hmm. Well, Tamara, let me start with you first. Let's um, let's talk to you when you know, as we always do, ladies first. Um, what you been up to since the last time we spoke? Writing, uh, sweating, mostly just writing. We're finishing up a lot of books, and you got a lot of life them. I'll tell you writing, that. you know, petting cats and writing. Yeah, and, you got a lot of books. I mean, I'll tell you, I don't know when you have time to do much else because you're you like write it. a lot. <laughs> I do. You really I, do. Tamara Thorne writes a lot, man. I try. She's got a shit ton of books out there. And if, you know, go go to Mr. Google. I'll tell you what. Mr. <laughs> Google's got all Tamara shit. I mean, stuff. He's <laughs> <laughs> got all, all my shit. Stuff. Yeah. Alistair Cross joins Tamara Thorne. We love Alistair. How you doing, kid? Good. How are you? I'm wonderful. I have to tell you, I finally finished, it completely finished book one of the Vampires of Crimson Cove series. Now, that's a three-book set, as we understand, right? Three so far. Book four will be out uh, September 29th, so in just a few weeks. Uh, That's what I I understand. I saw the little post you had about it on Facebook. Looking forward to that one. I'll tell you what, if book four is as riveting as book one. I can't wait to get the book two already. Um, But there's a lot to read. See, here's the thing you guys out there have to understand. Tamara and Alistair don't know how to write a book less than 500 pages. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's It's not that they deliberately set out that way, but what happens is the creative juices get going, and it's like, oh, let's add this too. Oh, we need to add this over here. Oh, put some other stuff in. And before you know it, you've got the New York City phone book directory. <laughs> well, and we, try, and we cut a lot out. By the time, by the time it gets to you, it's, it's a lot it's is been, cut out. We just... Tons are cut. I don't know how people write short stories. No, like, the characters like that, take over. That you know? baffles me. People who write short stories, yeah. I've tried. I, that's harder than a whole they're, novel. They're, yeah, and you can't, you don't have characters. That, you know, the second the character wakes up and starts talking to you, it's the story's over. So screw that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. And, and that's what so happened. Now, yeah. uh, Amelia, you're the one that uh, that introduced me to these two crazy people. <laughs> um, and so 
let's talk on National uh, Book Day. Let's talk about your favorite Alistair Cross or Tamara Thorne book. What do you like? I never asked you that. They're all, sorry, there's a bug right there. Uh, They're all great, actually. I mean, uh, what I like is they actually give each character a little story, how they introduce them at first. I mean, even the plant has a name. (laughs) Even the little bitty plant has a name. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Here's the thing, though, and and to their credit, Mm -hmm. Thorne and Cross think about that stuff. It's important because... A character doesn't have to be a living, breathing thing. Exactly, exactly. You know? That's actually one of the things that I learned uh, from from Tamara years ago before I was, you know, writing myself, but was learning to write when I was reading her books is um, towns as characters, houses as characters, uh, the setting is, is a character. Um, you know, think of like if you read uh, her book, uh, Haunted, or even, you know, better, Moonfall, the town of Moonfall, you know, is its own character. And that's one of the things that I picked up exactly. from her, you know, when I was reading way back in the day. That's critical that you said that. I, yes. And I want people to hear it again when he said, even the town is a character. And that's what we're talking about. The last time I had you guys here, we talked about character development and that's the essence of a book is the character that's why you write a book to introduce your reader to these Absolutely. you know various and sundry characters some yeah. of them are over the top some are very laid back characters like tamara thorn on the other hand are just like out there and you have to love them because of who they are. And, and some of them by <laughs> and chapter... And I mention to our listeners that I just yes. love Tamara Thorne. Have I said that yet? <laughs> and by chapter, I mean, by the first or second chapter, you already have your favorite character. And you can already yes. imagine the town. You're already you're, you're, yourself. You're already in the town yourself. And yes. you're already walking with the character. And that's what I love about their... And I'm glad you brought that up, Amelia. Because I want to ask Thorne and Cross this question. And it has to do with a character from Alistair's book that you're incorporating into Tamara's work. Yes. When did the idea of cross-pollination occur with the, the, you know, the two books and two different, how did all that start? Um, we, God, it was pretty much right away. Say again, Tamara? Costaletti, probably. Probably. So Costaletti is like a conspiracy nut DJ uh, I think he he first came into existence in Tamara's book, Candle Bay. Yeah, I think so. And we thought, you know, <clears throat> why not put him in, uh, you know, maybe he's syndicated Everything. now and he should be in <laughs> yeah. the Crimson Cove <laughs> series. Yeah. And then it just kind of naturally happened because people love uh, series, but, mm-hmm. you know, writing a series, not everything can be a series. Sometimes a book just requires just to be stand by itself. Mm-hmm. So we just decided to kind of tie them all together. So, so, I mean, it's, it's incredible how much you'll see, you know, all over the place we have, we, we make a point to kind of do it. You know, yeah. I, I it's our that. world. Our yeah. Country. It's the universe. Thorn it's the, the, yeah. the Thorn and Cross universe. Yeah. Our Thorn and Cross country. And uh, um, that's what we call it. And we have a, we have a key, you know, we have a, a files and stuff like that, where we can yeah. track of, you know, uh, where does, you know, yeah. yeah, it's fun. And I love being able to do that. I, I love, yeah. you know, mentioning, uh, you know, one of Tamara's well, characters. I, I love the idea of, uh, of the book series because I'm one of those people, especially when I have a good book in front of me, I don't want it to end. Right. So, so having a series is like, it's like dopamine for a guy like me. <laughs> You know, right. I and if you can't, and if you can't do a series or it doesn't require a series, you know, you tie them together and you, you, you can always, you know, have yeah. more of that. Like there are characters that have been in, you know, it's not a, it's not part of a series, but they've been yeah. in, you know, multiple books. Well, know? it's a lot like watching a really good movie that you don't want to end, you know, yeah. the, you, the, yeah. the sequel, for example, like one of my favorite movies is the Godfather. Mm-hmm. Right. So I could sit down and watch, you know, all three, you know, episodes of The Godfather, 
I never get tired of it. Right. You know, I start yeah. at 10 a.m. and finish it like, you know, eight, nine o'clock at night. So that's a <laughs> long couple of movies there. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, you're talking about, you know, Godfather one was almost three hours long. I know. Yeah. That's a long ass movie. <laughs> but it's good. And so you don't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why I say you don't want it to yeah. end. Yeah. Um, Amelia, mm-hmm. questions yeah. for uh, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. Yes, because I know that you had mentioned that your book was going to be available already on ebooks. But I mean, I've been telling everybody, you know, don't don't wait for, you know, I understand the ebook, but wait till you actually have the book in hand because my, I like to turn the pages. That's yeah. how I am. Yeah. And I tell everybody, wait because it is going to be worth the wait. And I, I noticed wanna, that you have two different covers. And I, I want to tell everybody <laughs> that uh, <laughs> I am reading this. Uh, Tamara Thorne. Oh, I love that one. This is really yes. good. This is really good, by the way. This oh, is called Brimstone. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it's about. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the plot for you. Buy the, buy the book. <laughs> well, there's one thing, though. That yes. takes place in 68. The music that goes with the book is excellent. Oh, yeah. It's a coming of age about a little girl named Holly Tremaine, and I think she's just turned 11 in the book. The Our next book spike house she's 60 ish and she's one of the stars yeah so like yeah. there's an example of of bringing our universe out. it's like, yeah. yeah yeah oh i love it. and this is this the, is the uh, one i just finished yes this is called the crimson corset it is book one mm-hmm. of the vampires of crimson cove series there are three currently alistair as promised on september 29th book four mm-hmm. that will be a must-have if Absolutely. you've got one and one through three, mm-hmm. for sure, um, it's so good. Oh yes, I was it's like really, when I yeah. finished, I'm like, no, I, I have book two already. But my <laughs> uh, my question was uh, leading to was uh, the Winchester House that you had talked about earlier was uh, is going to be an inspiration to one of your books soon. It it has some uh, inspiration in Spite House. Uh, which is coming up and it's nothing like what you think it's writers use Winchester house all the time. Rose read by Stephen King is Winchester house. One of my favorite novels of all time is Robert McCammon's Usher's passing. And he does Winchester house up Brown and that one, you know, even the armor, you know, the armaments company, Mm -hmm. everything. And we have something a little bit different that, that dates back to when I was a kid, my mom and I would go up to, San Francisco every Easter to see my grandma, uh, we would stop at Winchester House. So I've been going there since, you know, the dark ages. And they have changed the tours tremendously and what they show you and what they tell you. Mm-hmm. And that plays a big role in the Spite House because uh, when Alistair and I went there a couple of years ago, and I outright asked in front of all the tourists about what I had heard before, they laughed it off, looked embarrassed, said, <laughs> Oh, they made that up. It was a joke. No, I know other people who remember this too. And that's in our book. And Alistair and I noticed some other things about old Sarah that she's, they've sanitized her something, you know, and we're, we're going there. And that's the only aspect of Winchester house that we're using in spite house, which, you know, you, yeah. you mm-hmm. might get lost in there, but not because it's Winchester pretty- house. Tamara yeah. has been used as the backdrop or catalyst for a story in a couple of different occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen King certainly, yeah. will tell you straight up, used mm-hmm. the Winchester house in uh, Rose Red. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and, I mean, it's, it's, it's a flat-out ripoff of the Winchester house. You can call That's it. That's great. Call it, mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? It was a, mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite yeah. King novels and films, by the way. I've loved it. Yeah. Um, Stephen King is one of those guys, though, that a lot of horror authors and dark fantasy authors say inspired them. Uh, how about you guys? Are you among that that clique, or do you have other more um, left-of-center authors, uh, people that are less well-known? Oh, King is always good. Um, Robert McCammon is one of my favorites. Uh, he's similar to King that he didn't want to be known as a horror writer. So he kind of went sideways on his career for a while, but well, you can't go wrong with him. This is the other one we were talking about, Alistair, the, um, 
Oh, the one with the house with the people who go in for the, all the writers go in for Halloween. That was so much fun. We had him on our show. I can't remember his name offhand. Love him. But, but I'm a big Nelson DeMille fan. I read everything he writes. And well, here are some of the more. people that have been on your show: Anne Rice, uh, mm -hmm. Laurel Hamilton, Christopher Moore, Chelsea Quinn Yabro, V.C. Andrews. I know that name. Yeah. Um, Charlene Harris, uh, Christopher Rice. That, that's just a handful of people that have appeared yeah. with you guys. Um, I, it's funny, though. As, as many authors as we've had here, we've only had, Amelia, what, maybe a handful of just horror? Yeah. Really, you think? Two or three, uh, maybe. Certainly, yeah. Alistair and Tamara, for sure, and maybe Carver Pike, perhaps. Carver Pike. Mm -hmm. Yeah, other than maybe you three and maybe, maybe one more, mm -hmm. um, not a whole lot of horror authors. Because, mm -hmm. um, uh, quite frankly, they don't interest me. I would rather talk to you guys. <laughs> I really yeah. would, honestly. Yeah. We And I, we're, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass no. either. I'm, I'm very serious. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, your, your books, I mean, entice us and they get us hooked. And, you know, once we start reading the books, it's like, okay, what's going to happen next? And Angela, have you read this? And we're like, it's uh -huh. like, no, I haven't got to that part yet. Don't tell me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. no, exactly. Well, thank you. That's what we love to hear. Yes, we do. And so, Tamara, what, 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 do you, what process do you go through? To, do you write differently when you're teaming with Alistair than you do... If it's a, a Tamara Thorne work nope. and not a Thorne and Cross um, novel? Not, no, um, I never have, even before we met. I've always written the same way as I write now. And you know, we work together every day on Skype all day long. And so we're privy to everything, even our solos. And you know, we're each other's beta readers. We read back mm -hmm. and forth each other every day. And sure. But we write on our, we don't know who wrote what most of the time because we write so similarly. And that's why it works. And I don't do anything different. Uh, tell everybody how you guys connected. It's you want to talk about serendipitous. That this is the that's Alistair's story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, tell you're front and center, young man. Tell that story. Okay, so so I did. I I grew up on all kinds of you know uh, horror, and I. Stephen King, I didn't discover till later in life, but um, I was reading a lot of uh, John Saul and uh, Dean Koontz, and um, I went. I was at a library once, uh, and I saw a book. It was Moonfall by Tamara Thorne, and I it was actually drawn to the name Tamara Thorne, which sounds kind of weird, but I I was. Anyway, I rented it from uh, the library and uh, read it and loved it and went back and got more. And this is way back in the you know, way back in the day of <laughs> dial-up internet. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I didn't even have a computer. I would go to my mom's house and use her computer. And I remember Googling, you know, Tamara Thorne to see if she had anything new. Anyway, fast forward all these years later, I, I was, I was, this is the stuff I was reading when I thought I really want to do this, but I didn't know really what to do or how to do it. Uh, really overthinking it. But anyway, um, fast forward several years later, I do start writing, I do get published, all that happens. And I had just gotten published. And I thought, I don't know any other writers, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm published now. And I don't know any of my contemporaries. And so I thought, okay, so I'll start a blog, and I'll interview authors on my blog. And Tamara Thorne is one of the first people that I um, hit, I, I hit her up on Facebook. And, and just said, hey, I'm doing this. Uh, do you want to be, do you want to do an interview, a written interview on my blog? And she said, yes. And I don't, it was amazing because we just started talking and we never stopped. We never stopped. It was just like every day, every day. And then one day um, I was in, uh, I lived in St. Louis at the time. I move everywhere all the time. I live in a million different places. And I was in St. Louis at the time. And she, she, she called me and she just said, um, you know, how would you like to collaborate on something? And we could, you know, just try like a short story, which, you know, you know how we do <laughs> short stories. We don't, yeah. <laughs> but we didn't know that. And I'm like, and I was like, 
you know, I was trying to be all, you know, play it, you know, all cool, like, oh, sure, you know, let me speak right. about it. Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I'll get back to you, you know, but of course mm-hmm. I was like, you know what I mean? Of course I will. So I sure. waited and I said, I'll, I'll think about it and let you know the next day. And of course I knew I would and called her back and I said, yeah, I will. And we started um, a short story that turned into basically Cliff House, the Cliff House haunting, which yeah. was basically huge. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so really? it was just like one of those things that it sounds kind of uh, weird, a little bit uh, flaky almost, but I felt drawn to this person yeah. and I followed that and I, here I am. I feel drawn to her too. Have I mentioned that I love family? <laughs> Oh, I, I have a question for either both of you actually. Oh. I, take this one. Um, do either of you remember the first time you saw a book of yours in a store, in a bookstore? Yeah. Yeah. What was that like? Was it kind of a surreal thing for you? I think I giggled a lot. It was sort really? of, yeah. It was anticlimactic because I already had a big box of my books that the publisher yeah. sent. But seeing it in the store. I knew from everybody else that what you do is if the spines were in, that you turn it out to face and cover up the other books so you can sell more. So I did that. And then I took a picture of them and was, uh, that was a, that was, I had an evil collaborator back then that actually hadn't written any of the book because she got cut out of it. Um, that was the other 900 pages. So you don't want to hear that. Oh my God, that woman. Um, oh, no, we, we got paid a huge amount of money, and she told me that we were going to keep the money. She's dead, so I can talk. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. We just found out recently that she's dead. So we're yeah. like, yes! <laughs> we were going to keep the money, but, give the, but take the book back. And I called the editor, who's still my friend, and said, uh, we have to do something. He says, can you do the cuts? And I said, well, yeah. I anyway, I sound like a real bitch. But... <laughs> Honestly, Alistair knows what I went through. Um, I do. Yeah, and it matured me as a writer, I'll tell you. Um, And so it was weird. So there was sort of a love-hate thing. I used a different name for those two books. And uh, it was was odd. And at that period of time, we're talking about psychopathic behavior. Mm -hmm. So I was always kind of watching and staying under the radar of this person. And uh, back then, I was so young, I didn't understand what all these uh, psychology things meant. You know, yeah. and, um, she'd tell me what she would do without her drugs. And I thought, well, you know, you tell a joke to somebody, that's, they're going to be in a good mood. I was wrong. I, I didn't understand, but now I do. And uh, <laughs> so it was, it was this whole thing of I was always going around trying not to catch her attention because she stalked me all the time so it was yeah. right about that someday um really we yeah. actually have a few ideas yeah 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 we bonded over that we, you know, we I, did. Can't talk, I can't talk as much obviously alistair how about you the first time you alistair the first time you saw you know, one of your books in the store i would agree with Tamara. it was more anticlimactic because the real excitement was getting that box of books and seeing mm-hmm. your book for the first time I, I mean, yeah. honestly, like it's it's great that it's in a store, but the thing is, is they go in stores, they're not in stores. They are, they aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, who cares? It's so cool to see. Like, even even when you just a minute ago held up, even Brimstone, and it's not my book, <laughs> but, but my right. book, you're, you you hold up the book, yeah. and, and to this day, my heart does a little pump, pump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, it just oh yeah, it's so cool. Like it just seeing that, it's like I did that, or like and your second one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a little, there's a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, your heart gives a little kick. Yeah, yeah. You just go wow, mm-hmm. I because you want. Yeah, this uh, Amelia so and I had a little pissing contest over that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, let yeah. me let me just backtrack for the audience in case you're wondering what the hell we're talking about. <laughs> Alistair sent. Okay, I'm the host of the show. It means I should get first dibs, right? Yeah. Alistair sends Amelia book number one of the yeah. Vampires of Crimson. I, I get I read book it first. 
After I kicked my feet and bitched and whined like a baby, I finally got book number one, which you see in front of you right here. What's funny is I didn't even think about it. I you said, oh, you know, we want signed copies, and I thought, well, I'll give one, one, and the other one, the other one, and I didn't even. I just signed it, gave it to the publicist. She sent it out. I'm done. Yeah. My part's right. done. <laughs> I remember the first. I've written two books. Um, nowhere near this. I'm probably, um, probably like that. <laughs> Okay, which is in a couple of hundred pages, um, two twenty, two twenty-five. And I've written some poems, probably like that. <laughs> yeah, but when I, I agree with you, Alistair, when you open up that box and you see your name on the cover of a book, and and I did the artwork for my book yeah. too, so uh, yeah. and it was it's just it's there's there's something so amazing about it, and it never. You know, The Midnight Ripper is the fourth book in this series, the one that we were talking about that's coming in September. And that one, mm -hmm. I guarantee you, it will feel the same way the first time I see it as it did the first book. It just, you know, that's like yeah. the seventh, that's like the number first seven I've written on. Yeah, something like that. And it's it never gets old. It's just, it's yeah. so gratifying. It really is. It's like the first time you get to hold your kid, you know? It's a, oh, yeah. it's like your, your baby. This is your, your baby, you know? You yeah. Yeah. Amelia, questions. Are you guys going to be doing any book signings across country? You know, the thing, is, is, the thing is, is there's a few things. And, and uh, you know, first of all, almost everything has gone um, digital. So we do a lot of blog tours. Yeah. We do a lot of that. Um, also, like with COVID, I don't even know what the hell's going on with that. Yeah. Um, not really. Nothing, nothing yeah. is planned for that. It's kind of a shame. I know some authors uh, are probably doing that, but we've just kind of, I don't we really. Like this. We're what's up? We like this. We're home buddies. <laughs> kind of. And I hate to say that. I hate to say that, but I just, that's not my idea of a good time. So I, I don't really yeah. um, want to. Mm -hmm. I would. Mm -hmm. if, I give my years on, on convention circuits. Uh, well, and you know what, Tamara? That, that's becoming the norm now for, for authors. Because mm -hmm. I know quite a few authors. We have them on the show often. Yes. Um, it's becoming the norm now for them to just work from home, yeah. Zoom or mm -hmm. Skype or you know, yeah. like the nice format that we're using. Yeah, I, love it. And then, <laughs> I hear authors tell me that there's a level of freedom that does not exist mm -hmm. if you go out on the road and you're no. you know doing well, signings or you're or you're you're we, standing up at a podium at Barnes and Noble. Right. You know, we or, try uh, not to take too much time away from writing, and because yeah. it's important, because every yeah. time, even a weekend, we have to go over more. Right. So if we do have a vacation, like take a trip or something, yeah, we spend a week afterwards getting back together, and um, it's just easier to work from home. Yeah. Yeah. I love. I love it. I. Yeah. I would never. I would never leave if, if I had a choice. <laughs> no, you could miss something that you want to collaborate real quick with each other. Oh, I thought of this idea. Let's, let's write yeah, this down right. or something like that. And you could right. reach each other. Well, yeah. Amelia, continue that. Uh, uh, questions for uh, Alistair or right. Tamara on that, that right. regard. Yes, of course. Um, has it been like at maybe eight o'clock at nine or nine o'clock at night? That you thought of an idea and had to reach out to each other. Oh, let's can we oh, write yeah. about this real quick? Nonstop. It's been four in the morning. Yeah, we four just turn our phone down at night, and we, you yeah. know, when you wake up to pee, you check your machine, and if you feel, you, we call them text machines. The text <laughs> machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've I'll got a question away. for you. Because mm -hmm. Alistair, you just brought something up. Stephen King, uh, for the first few years of his writing career, said that he slept with a notepad and a recorder by his bedside so that if he woke up in the middle of the night with an idea, he could document it. He could yeah. talk into his recorder and jot down, you know, sleepy notes on, on a paper. Mm -hmm. um, the whole four o'clock in the morning thing is like, first of all, that's the witching hour for a writer, especially mm -hmm. Tamara. 
Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but but it, it it really is. You know, a lot of creative people are like um, insomniacs; they can't sleep. So I'm wondering if if that gift has hit you guys. Are you oh, natural insomniacs? I sleep fine, but I yeah. sleep I sleep fine. But I if you get an idea at four in the morning, you get an idea at four in the morning. Yeah. I mean it's it's yeah, yeah. I don't uh-huh. we text instead of te- I used to take notes when I was on my own, but we tend to text each other. Remind me in the morning, blah blah blah. And we just tell each other because you know, whether it's for solo or double, yeah. we'll decide that later. Yeah. Oh, that's it. such a blessing to have that somebody yeah. To bounce mm-hmm. off of. I want right. everybody at home. This is Amelia's favorite part of the show. Show and tell. Yes. I Yay. put a little. Uh, <laughs> I had to do the the Reader's Digest version because there were just too damn many books. <laughs> this would have been like an hour slideshow. I like all those books. <laughs> what are you talking about? I just had to put like something quick together. So I'm gonna have to get a um, different bookshelf. <laughs> here you go. Here you go, Amelia. Here's your. This is your slideshow tonight. Yes. <laughs> Get tired of seeing all that. We oh, do no. have a lot of work. Sometimes sometimes you think, you know, we really need to kick it up a notch. We really need to, and then you see that and you're like, wow, we have a lot of work. It's not and that's just a small smattering of what I put together. You guys have a lot of books, you know, combined and together, Jesus. And 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 a growing library, by the way. Oh, speaking oh. of libraries, before I get to Amelia, how do you guys archive your work? Archived it? What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? Well, I mean, you, and, and when I use the term archive in like in the, the literary sense, um, how do you um, library your books? Like what do like what genre do we consider them? Uh, do you, do, or you, do you mean like the books we read? Yeah, I mean, do you? Uh, do you uh, categorize or archive your books by the first one, the next one after that, to the latest, or do you put them in order of importance to yourself? Oh, I, I put them in order of uh, release. Okay. That's I don't what makes put anything in any order. I just stick them on the bookshelf. <laughs> That's like my bookshelf, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, as long as they fit tallest, the smallest. What's this order yeah. word you speak of? Yeah. <laughs> order. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they're from the Maybe order was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair is my ADD stopper. So, um, you know, 
with order. I just go, wee, you know. <laughs> go ahead, Mia. I just want to throw you in. Because I, I was uh, looking on Facebook and you got you were saying something about you were going to be doing something for the audience, cost efficient, because of the way times were. Oh, oh right. yeah. Yeah, so we... Um, Slashed we our prices. have slashed our yeah. prices, all of them, like for the eBooks. We can't really, there's not a whole lot. We don't have much control over the paperbacks. Mm -hmm. And so we, we can't really do a whole lot there. Paperbacks cost a lot of money to produce. So um, it, you can't really, you're, it's not as flexible. But our eBooks, we've cut like 50, 60% off on mm -hmm. all of our eBooks. Because the thing is, everything has gone up in price so much and it's i just we just don't think that reading it's ridiculous I, this is just my personal opinion and and maybe it's it's not a popular one but i personally feel annoyed when i see an ebook for 15.99 14.99 why it, it doesn't publishers have to cover the cost of the rest of yeah. Right. But the thing is, is paper, I understand that yeah. it's production. That's, and I understand that there's there's money that goes into ebooks too. But mm -hmm. our books were never more than like five ninety nine. Um, six ninety nine tops. Yeah. Yeah, five, six ninety nine. But we're down to like two ninety nine and three ninety nine mostly now. Mm -hmm. We just wanted to uh give everybody a break because enough that's, is enough. That's we, interesting. We it. Yeah. yeah. That's really interesting. And I the two books that I wrote I self published. Uh, I used a company, an online company that's very popular among people who who self-publish. Um, I went on there actually about 10 days ago, 9, 10 days ago, because I was going to reorder copies of my book for people. Mm -hmm. People have been asking for them. And to my surprise, they were only marginally higher than my original print price. Right, maybe like twenty bucks more for a, to to do a whole run. Uh -huh. They right. have my artwork, they have my text, they have everything. So it's just a matter of the cost of the paper and and binding, really. Mm -hmm. Um, which is, I don't know, you know how expensive it is nowadays, but they're only charging j just around twenty dollars more than my initial run, yeah. which I thought was actually. Yeah pretty decent price yeah. um you guys are not self-published you have a publisher correct we do and it's a mix of everything we've done big small independent we've done it's a mix it's, so it's we do have mix. a lot of say especially over ebooks because we do most of our we send out to editors and things but we are extremely interested in doing everything we can ourselves and Mm -hmm. We can fix our own typos and things like that. We know yeah. what how to do it. Well, Tamara, that's a that's a great segue. Um, is there? I don't know if it's a technical. If I want to say, is there a technical difference, or if there's a difference in editing an ebook as opposed to a pen and paper book? You can fix an ebook a lot easier if if we go on and see. Oh my God, look at that! That sentence is turned around. Before, when I was only published by a big publisher, oh, I have a radio station called KNDL, Candle Bay Radio, and mm -hmm. it came out with like KS, somebody put their fingers on the wrong keys and they didn't oh. correct the galleys that I had. It was, it bothered me for years. First thing I did when I got my hands on it was go, okay, this is going to be fixed. And that's what made me happy. And right. Good. Eventually, and that's that another that's another big plus of the you know the digital <clears throat> you know I mm -hmm. I love that I was able to grow up uh, during a time when you know before social media and all that but I that's great but I have to say I love the internet I love cell phones I love mm -hmm. these things mm -hmm. and one of the best things I think about the digital age is it gives you that control. Uh, that, that the ability to to do that it's like oh we see typos. Yeah. somebody writes oh. to us and says you know hey there's i don't know if you knew this but there's a there's a there's a typo in chapter seven of this book oh okay well let's go fix it yeah we can do that you know right have either of you had the experience of having someone say to you i don't understand this or i don't get it explain this to me in regards to a book or a story or short story or an article 
I'm no. curious. I'm yeah. asking for a very specific reason. I know people who do film. I know we have a lot of filmmakers on the show. Oh, yes, we do. And one of the things that had, one of the guys said to me was, if, some, if, a, if a viewer watching my movie doesn't understand it, I want to know. If he doesn't get it, I want to know. What? So I'm curious if somebody reads your book, Alistair, and says, um, for example, yeah, take, take you know, um, the Crimson Corset, and, and they've got this big book in front of them. That's a lot of reading to do, right? <laughs> if they say to you, um, I don't understand, um, you know, the, the, the chapter or whatever the hell. Um, you know, uh, here you go. That's chapter 63. Okay. Explain chapter 63 to me. Um, at first I'd be like, what the hell happened in chapter 63? But, (laughs) (laughs) but I would, I would, I think that one of the, one of the, uh, most difficult things that a writer will face ever is, uh, simplicity. Writing simply. Simplicity is power. If if I got multiple people saying to me, look, I don't understand this, that, or the other, then I would obviously have to look at that and go back and be like, mm-hmm. you know, what? where did I kind of... Because you know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know. Right. So it's real easy to just assume yeah. everybody is on the same page, uh, so to speak. But generally speaking that's kind of your goal is to is to write in a way that uh is accessible to everyone um obviously you're not going to nail that 100 of the time all the Mm -hmm. time but uh, being clear should be one of your top priorities and that said what they do readers do sometimes they tell you or they review it and tell you everybody else what the book is about. And right. that's when it gets hysterically funny. Right. I it was actually a short story and it was about a man who kids came along and killed his dog. They thought he was a mean old man. And the whole story, all that was in the story, there was nothing supernatural. But I said that he, he, he got to kill the kid that killed his dog. And to me, that was justice. And that was all the story was. Oh my God, no! Evidently, I wrote about the devil. It yeah. was hysterical, and yeah. we see that all the time with all really? our stories. They read things <laughs> in, and that's fine. I see a cat shadow. I had to move my camera because I'm totally distracted by this behind me. Is yeah. my my bed, and I have a million pillows because I sleep with a million pillows, and so I covered it. I think I want to see that it's my bed, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, it looks like there's a dead body. Actually, it looks like there's like two dead bodies in my bed. (laughs) So I'm trying not to stare at that, but there's. You waited 45 minutes into the show. He was like, I killed this person, and I don't want nobody to see the body, so I have to hide it. (laughs) Well, I didn't want it to be like, look, here's this is where I work. Sometimes, last time I did the show, I was I was in a different room, but this is actually a dead body. This yeah. is actually my bedroom, and I'm like, I don't really want it to look like my bedroom, so I'm going to so cover I the have, bed. It's just yeah, not work. Amber <laughs> Thorne, the mistress of macabre. Um, I think it's a fitting, uh, a fitting title for you. What do you think? Are, are you okay with the mistress of the macabre? That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> call me. Just call me. Yeah. It's, I mean, I found with your book. I enjoyed it. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alistair's books. I mean, as soon as I start reading them, I can understand the plot. I can understand the characters. I mean, I get right into the book. And if people don't understand that, then they're not reading it correctly. As long as <laughs> you know, concerned. you know, I, I that's the, that's like I said, like that's that's the goal. It's like obviously, mm-hmm. if 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 multiple people were saying they didn't understand something, then there's obviously something I'm not being clear about. But exactly. as a writer, you really that that's like your top priority. You got to be clear. You know, they they, they say. Sim- somebody said, and I'm 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 going to paraphrase and probably jack it up, and I don't even know know who I'm quoting, but some famous author said, "Simple writing is damned hard writing," and it's true because mm-hmm. you know you can get caught up in 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 you know silly things like somebody jumps a fence and they land on the ground. Okay, yeah, 
you, you can describe get how detail. their body went and all this stuff. And then somebody comes along and says he landed cat-like on the ground. And you're like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. You know what I mean? Well, it, it's simple, simple. You, you, know? you can get lost in the detail for sure. Sure. One of the things I've always believed, I believe it in my personal life, and I, Amelia and I have talked about this too, mm -hmm. uh, less is more. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Simple. Yes, absolutely. By the way, the lot. mistress of the macabre, you almost became the Hellcat of the Hellfire Club, but <laughs> a little. Mm -hmm. I think I've been called this a lot. I, it seems to me that's followed me around for many years, actually. That's I, call cool. her, I call her the diva of darkness. Oh, that's you, darkness. that's right. you gave me a button that says that. Diva of darkness. Mistress yeah. of the Macabre is fun because I really like Elvira. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah what's well, not Elvira, she was the best. Yeah, yeah. she still is. Oh, yeah, she looks, yeah. Looks, looks the same. She has not yeah. She looks remarkable for a woman 90 years old. <laughs> right? Like, she's in her late 70s, I think, now. Yeah, mm -hmm. she's been around a long time. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Do you remember, Tamara, do you remember back in the 1950s uh, a woman named Vampira? I've seen the, pictures of her and heard about her. She did not like Elvira. I know that. Oh, yeah, oh, wow. she did not at all. No. Apparently, this woman, Vampira, um, sued Elvira for gimmick infringement. Oh my god! As, as we say in the world of wrestling, gimmick infringement. <laughs> but they did not like each other at all. Not surprising. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that was crazy stuff. So Amelia, yes. you've been very quiet tonight. I'm used to I've using, been listening to what, them it? speak. I want you to listen. If you want to listen, go on the other side of the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Questions for Thorn and Cross. No, I've been just listening because, I mean, everything that they've been saying, I understand completely and uh, mm -hmm. they're answering their questions and uh, as well asking mm -hmm. the questions. But uh, it, my, I love that they have uh, lowered down their books and everything for people with the ebooks. But like mm -hmm. I got to people got to understand, too. It's like, like I said, there's nothing like, you know, holding the book, turn, you know, turning the pages oh, and everything like that. And uh, and I know you guys have a lot of future books in the works. Uh, how many do you write at a time, like within a month? at least cool. we normally write three per day i mean we write on three per day right now three books a day <laughs> <laughs> well we normally are working on a ravencrest novel and a, a big thriller horror you know a standalone as we call them and each of our solos and i'm counting those as one so i guess if i count them right we write we work on four books a day my goodness yeah because because we do we get on and here's an example. We get on and for two hours, this is what our day looks like for two hours, about an hour and a half to two and a half hours, but roughly two hours. We do um, the main collaboration, which right now is Spite House. Yeah. Then, then we break and we go to the next collaboration, which is Ravencrest, which is ongoing. We're always going to do that. Then for the next two and a half, two hours, whatever we do, she does her solo and I do my solo. Yeah. So it's like a full eight to 10 hour day. And there are three at least books that we're working on every day. Yeah. So you're putting in like a regular shift, like a work oh, yeah. shift. It oh, is yes. a work shift. Wow. It's, it's more than a work shift because it's, it's, it's much it really more than a work shift like because it. I don't, I don't, I do. Then, then you have all the marketing stuff that, and, and I, I focus uh. that on the weekends mainly. So yeah. it's, I've never worked this hard in this much in my life and i've never no i do the yet. formatting and our newsletter and all that kind of stuff and he does the uh pr stuff yeah you know yeah. i've heard writers talk about this the, some people say it doesn't exist but this thing this colloquial thing called writer's block i've asked both you guys and you say it doesn't exist for you not, um, for not so far we don't allow but, it. Uh, explain to people listening and watching this, um, particularly people listening on the radio right now, which are probably several hundred thousand, six or seven hundred thousand right now. Um, explain to them what the hell writer's block even is. Sitting so at your computer. I've, I've, heard, I've heard it said, I've heard someone explain it like they, they have gotten to their keyboard and they look at uh, the blank page and they have like a panic attack. They don't know what to do. 
Yeah. Um, to me, I'm like, that's, that's, that sounds like an anxiety disorder. Yeah. It's which, intimidation. And, 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 and it's probably more than, than writer's, writer's block to me, um, to me, and this is just so far, I don't, you know, maybe it could happen. It's just, it's never happened to me. I, to me, writing is, um, my job. You know, you know, your alarm clock goes off in the morning. You, you get up to go to work. You don't, I never, when I was working a normal job, I never laid in bed because I was so stressed out about going to work. Although if I had a horrible enough job, then maybe that would be the case, in which case I would say you need a new job. Mm -hmm. But writing, um, you get up and you do, you, do the, you do the work, you do the job. Um, mm -hmm. If I ever feel, I feel stuck sometimes. I mean, that's normal enough. You get to a, a place and you're like, well, I don't really quite know where to go here. So you brainstorm, you go yeah. for a walk, you read something, you watch something, You there's a million ways. Um, but I've never been paralyzed uh by the blank page to me it's just it's just a job i'm not trying to yeah. mm -hmm. to create some um brand new whole you know work of i'm just doing a job it's writing right. writing yeah. is art but it's mm -hmm. also craft and now, how about you understand craft you do it yeah. Does that apply for you as well? Yes. And we have each other. So we generally brainstorm. But if I'm that alone helps. and before, all I do is I sit there and I start typing and I say, okay, I can't think of a damn thing to write. So I'm just going to talk about eh, why rhubarb is so weird. I wonder why it's poisonous. Probably just the leaves. I wonder what would happen if I poisoned somebody with rhubarb. Um, with my cat eat rhubarb i hope not because i wouldn't want him poisoned i like cats i don't like people. Right. and it will go off on this tangent mm -hmm. sideways thinking i call it until all of a sudden i'm just writing along and I, the story's there again and it has nothing to do with rhubarb that's just an example yeah but yeah well, that's really interesting each other yeah. and that's those those 3 a.m texts or all evening texts we're sitting there texting it's brainstorming. is that where the poison plant thing came in to write a book about that? For him. I know. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I was thinking of my mother's garden when I said that. Yeah. No, I was just fascinated by the idea of poison, uh, poisonous garden. Oh. Yeah. Is there I want the five soon? Yeah. I want the police to know that the missing Miller family is underneath <laughs> the, <laughs> the behind Alistair. They're, they're, they're right behind the me. <laughs> no, no, no. Is there going to be a book five of Alistair coming up? Oh, soon? yes. Oh yes, I'm gonna and go until I, I'm gonna go until people don't want to read it anymore, or I don't want to write it anymore. Yeah, um, no, I am getting um, eager to do something a, lot a little different. More story, trust me, brother. You, oh, yeah. you can do five out of that series. Oh, yeah. Well, and the the book that's coming up right now is kind of a gateway book. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's it's this book will be introducing the concept of a lot of a whole different. A whole bunch of different monsters. I don't want to do just vampires, mm -hmm. so so I'm kind of expanding, and so that will make it a lot easier uh, yeah. for me. It'll make me a lot happier. Here's a serious question for the two of you: We talk about you know the use of werewolves and vampires and you know creatures. Um, have you ever thought about utilizing, or have you ever utilized a human being as the the monster of the piece? Oh, yes. oh goodness! Mother, yes. that's the mother. Most Our book, Mother. There's nothing super. Well, there's a hint of supernatural <laughs> about it, but it's not a supernatural book. It's no. a, it's a straightforward thriller. And the idea of that is that humans, human beings, are the biggest monsters of all. Absolutely. And your family specifically. Yeah. And eternity has well, it's Jack the Ripper, but he's a yeah. human serial killer, even if he is rather long lived. Yeah. Bye. Interesting. Oh, interesting that she said that, right? Very interesting. Okay, <laughs> just gonna we, say the same thing. See, we, we, just, yeah, we exactly. just did an entire series, and in fact, we're continuing it next yeah. week on uh, unsolved murders and serial killers. In fact, to the point where we had Dr. Anthony Tobia here, the uh, department head of psychiatry at Rutgers University, Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. Nice. To explain the mindset 
of uh, uh, serial killers. Mm -hmm. I may have mm -hmm. them back to explain the mindset of Thorn and Cross. <laughs> Good luck. Doctor Toby would have a ball with you guys. Just don't tell him what's behind Alistair. I know, right? <laughs> I still it's think pillows, it's the Miller family. Well, I'll tell you what. It's been a. Uh, you realize this has already been an hour. Already, oh my goodness. Yeah, those are fun. It's and I was just going to ask him if he hour. had another series coming out besides this one, like a different type of series, like having maybe some heroes fight the monsters or something. Yeah, we we have. Um, you know what, Amelia? A, that's a good segue. Why don't we talk about very briefly? Let's give people a little teaser about mm -hmm. what's coming up Thursday. Okay. Um, and I want to actually get, I'm going to get up for a moment and I'm going to get the book. Okay. <laughs> because of me, he blames me that he has to print out a lot of paper now. <laughs> he has his own book. <laughs> this, this is another guy that doesn't know how to write a book less than 600 pages. <laughs> this is, um, our, yeah, you'll, it's actually a really good book. It's a really good book. Yeah, I'm sorry. This is the kind of stuff I love. This is uh, Dan Emer. D.W. Emer will be with us Thursday night. His book, The Satan Gene, is catching on like wildfire. This is, he's selling this book like crazy. I can't even believe how many copies are mm -hmm. already out. But it is a very finely tuned work of historical fiction, fact, conspiracy theories out the yin-yang. If you're a conspiracy buff, you're going to love this stuff. It is the Satan gene, and uh, cool. and it is every bit of man. It's eighty-seven chapters. You're looking I think. at eighty-six chapters. Five hundred and five hundred and fifty-two pages. Yeah, every bit of it, and it's. I mean, look at this. This is Thorn yeah. Cross, and look look at this stuff. <laughs> These are three books. Three books. That looks like the New York phone directory. <laughs> get your money's and worth. That's just, yes, that's you do. Alistair you absolutely get your money's worth and some, I tell you. So <laughs> yeah. If you don't yet, please so go get I some. want everybody to join us Thursday for D.W. Emer, Dan Emer, and uh, and his brand new book that is just blowing off the, the bookshelves, The Satan Gene. Um uh, and I am going to make sure that you guys get a copy of it. And I'm going to nice. I'll take care of that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely is right. So, Amelia. Yes. What do we got coming up other than? Uh, um, other Daniel? than. Um, Tell everybody what's coming up. We actually have uh, next, uh, the 13th, we have, uh, we're going to be doing Marilyn Monroe. The death of Marilyn. Yeah. Who killed Marilyn? Mm-hmm. Was and it the Kennedys? Was it uh, an overdose? Was it something more sinister? Yeah, we're gonna um, find out a little bit about that. We, we have some it. some uh, uh, acquired photos from the Freedom Freedom of Information Act. Mm -hmm. We will show. I will not tell you where we where we got them from. I will tell you, however, that they were filed legally. They were attained legally from the National Archives. And we will show pictures that have never been seen publicly before mm -hmm. of Marilyn Monroe and President Kennedy. Yes. So um, get ready for that one. Absolutely. The other thing we've got coming up is a uh, continuation of our unsolved murders. Uh, we have, um, oh, my goodness, uh, Amelia. Uh, uh, the 15th, we have uh, WWE star. Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit. Was it suicide or and was double he murder? Hit? Was or... it a hit? Mm -hmm. Yeah. N new information coming up that perhaps wrestler Chris Benoit did not commit suicide. It was not a murder suicide. That he was killed and his wife and child were killed in front of him. That's what they're saying. Who are they? We will find out who they are Absolutely. on uh, that episode. Um, I will tell you that we've got some controversial episodes coming up. We will never, ever uh, veer away from controversy. And you said, Angelo, push the envelope and push it hard. I will push and push and push. Trust me, 
I will push. Amelia, Absolutely. we're going to push, aren't we? I have, yeah, we could. I said I want some episodes and I want some good ones. Absolutely. <laughs> we're going to we're going to push the envelope hard on this one. Um, I'll tell you what. Great having them back. Love to have yes. Thorne and Cross back. Tamara Thorne, Alistair Cross, two of our favorite authors. Yes. But they, and they will come back anytime we want, as long as Amelia gets them for either. Yes, That's and right. tell, tell, Berlin, <laughs> tell Berlin, I said thank you so much for uh, letting Absolutely. us spend yeah. our time thank with you guys. Thank you for being here, Amelia. Yes, yes thank, thank you for Absolutely. having us on. We love, we love coming on. Thank you. And again, today is National Book Day, everybody. So do yourself a favor. Do Thorn and Cross a favor. Do Amelia a favor. Read a book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Take care, you guys. We'll see you Thursday night. <laughs>